24-year-old Andy Wagner of Evansville was last seen and heard from by family and friends on August 6th around 8.30 p.m. She was reported missing by her family August 12th. I put it on the Indiana Missing People page, shared it on our pages. Her mother, Elaine Garcia, lives in Texas. Although miles away, she said she would frequently keep in contact with Andy and her other family members in Evansville. Garcia said she recalls a conversation with Andy, stating that she wanted to leave Evansville. I told her that I was coming for her sister's birthday. She could go with me. She disappeared. You're listening to River City Mystery Podcast, the show that delves into the Evansville and surrounding tri-state areas mysteries, including unsolved crimes, murders, and disappearances, a show that isn't afraid to jump down the rabbit hole to investigate reports of local hauntings, sightings of UFOs and cryptids, among other paranormal phenomena, with your host, co-founder of the Humans of Evansville Facebook page, law office worker by day, insomniac researcher of the unknown by night, Matt Dyg. Her sudden disappearance out of the norm. Her family says it's unusual for Andy to go days with little to no contact, which is why they're speaking out, asking the community to help find her. Keep your eyes open if you can. Um, if you see anybody, anybody remotely that looks like Andy, just call the tip line. According to the flyer, Andy is 5 feet 6 inches and 115 pounds. She has dark brown hair, brown eyes, and was last seen wearing an orange tank top and jeans. She is often known to be in Oakland City and the Newburgh area. She's a bright young lady, you know. She's very outgoing. And despite previous reports, her family says she is not homeless. She had a home here with her grandparents or with her dad. She was she was not homeless. She always had a home to come to. I have to go back to Texas and I have to go if I have to leave without knowing if she's okay or if she's not found. It's going to be hard, you know, going back to work, going back to Texas, not knowing. If you have any information regarding Andy's whereabouts, you are encouraged to call the Evansville Police Adult Investigations Unit at 812-436-7979. Reporting in Evansville, Sydney Spencer, 44 News. Welcome to Episode 11, Where is Andy? A listener contacted me recently and brought this case to my attention, so I joined the Where is Andy Facebook page and saw that that there was a lot of activity on that page, and the family has been struggling to find answers since Andy disappeared uh, in August of 2022. She was last heard from around August 5th or August 6th, 2022, and was reported missing on August 12th, 2022. And to add a little bit to Sydney Spencer's report, Andy has a tattoo of a dream catcher on her left forearm and the tattoo of the name Joshua Brown on her right forearm. I encourage you to check out the Where's Andy Facebook page. There are tons of updates on that page and her family and friends are constantly, you know, having events and gatherings. As a matter of fact, they recently had a uh, celebration of Andy's 25th birthday on June 9th, 2023 at the Evansville Riverfront. Andy's mother, Elaine, did a Facebook Live from the Riverfront that day. And, you know, she has a lot of people, family and friends who care about what happened and a lot of them are concerned that the lack of attention on the case is going to result in this case just going cold and 
you know, no one, no one's ever going to figure out what happened. So hopefully with, you know, all of these podcasts and YouTubers focusing on the case all of a sudden, because there's been quite a few that have been focusing on this case over the past few months. Hopefully this focused attention will make a difference and somebody's going to hear something and, you know, they're going to talk and maybe kind of break open the case. That's the, that's the goal anyway. All of this recent attention has gotten the attention of Rick White. He's the emergency management director in Union County, Kentucky. He also has a TikTok called Front Porch America, where he's been focusing a lot on Andy's case recently. And he has been very active on the Where's Andy Facebook page, communicating with the family, with um, Andy's mother, Elaine, and her cousins, Frankie Lee, and a couple of others, and kind of taking charge in this recovery search. He's actually paired up with a couple of YouTubers, uh, Trey and Ronnie from Narked Divers and Brothers Underwater Recovery. And they're going to be conducting some searches in the next few weeks in local waterways. They've gotten permission to do some searches. And later in the episode, I actually have a conversation with Rick White and talk about his efforts to hopefully bring some answers to the family because um, the family's not feeling like there's a lot being done here. So hopefully Rick can along with Trey and Ronnie and the, the team can maybe find some answers or at least cross off some possibilities as far as if they, if they don't find anything in these waterways, maybe they can at least provide some peace for the family knowing that those have been covered. So that interview is coming up later in this episode. But first, I wanted to share a clip from a YouTuber called Juju's Rabbit Hole. She interviewed Frankie Lee, who is Andy's cousin recently. And Frankie talks a bit about... Andy and about the situation. And she also has a revelation about kind of a strange situation with Andy's grandparents' house about a neighbor who came over and obtained some ring camera footage. And um, I wanted to share that. So here's a clip from the interview with Juju's Rabbit Hole. And again, this is Frankie Lee, Andy's cousin. A lot of people are saying that Andy just, she ran off or she's still alive but she's just like in hiding but that's not Andy. Andy's not gonna leave her sister and not explain to her why she was going into hiding whatever the case may be and knowing that her mom was coming to get her in two weeks Andy would have did anything nothing in the world could have stopped Andy to get into her mom nothing. We honestly because of that fact, we know something bad has happened to Andy. Because she knew her mom was coming to get her in two weeks. And Andy wouldn't have missed that for the world. She was in active addiction. But the reason why she wanted to come to Texas with her mom was because she was ready to change her life around. She didn't want to be that person anymore. She was telling her mom how she didn't want to wake up and be that person anymore. Andy did want to change. She just didn't have the chance to do it. And EPD is just making it seem like she overdosed and that's it. That's what they keep telling my aunt. They just keep telling her that she overdosed and that's basically the end of it for them. But where we... We don't accept that because how can you say that she overdosed and we don't have proof that she overdosed? We have, um, I'm in Texas and my aunt moved back to Indiana to find Andy. Um, 
I grew up with Andy, so it's not like we're distant cousins, nothing like that. Like we are, we were getting tired of not getting answers for her. Um, so me, my cousin friends, Lily, Lily made the page for Andy, and we honestly we didn't think that it was gonna get that much traffic. But it's been doing so well. We've set up search parties. My aunt is working with the search and rescue team right now. That's the only reason why the searches that she were that she was doing have been put on hold. Because the gentleman that's gonna help us, he said that with all the foot traffic out there in the ground already, that'll make it harder for them to try to track Andy down. Is there any video of her leaving? I mean, are there any rain cameras in the area? Is there um, their, a vehicle? Their Nana does have a rain camera of her grandparents' house that she left from. But honestly, because I don't want to be disrespectful, but honestly, I don't know why that rain cam footage was not turned in. It wasn't turned in. It was not turned in, and it has already been recorded over. So that's, that video footage is gone. This is the boyfriend's grandmother? No, Andy's grandmother. Did anybody look at it? Um, I was told that there was a young lady that came over there, and she took some screenshots of the video. Um. But the more we dug into Andy's case, we honestly feel like, and my my aunt will say this well, she had a very uneasy feeling about, about this girl. Um, she never spoke to her, but my aunt, she did come over to the grandparents' house one time when my aunt was there. My aunt said, like, so she walked in the house, it was just this energy that the girl was carrying with her and it was not sitting with my aunt well and the more that she dug and dug and dug into Andy's case um she needed some some proof that that girl could possibly have something to do with Andy's disappearance as well so this was supposed to be a friend of hers yeah she was supposed to be a friend um well, she claims herself as a friend, but uh, now her and Andy were only, they had only met two weeks prior to Andy gone missing. I've been told that we can't say names of any of these people. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so the the friend, was she also involved in the illegal substances? She says... Because we, I did have some words with her. Um, she says that she wasn't, but I had people send me screenshots of like her affidavits and stuff where mm-hmm. she's been to jail for the same stuff, substance that Andy was dealing with as well. And it was, it was the M word, right? Yes. Okay. Now what the, the dots that I'm trying to connect here is, did Andy meet this girl through her boyfriend and the people at the other house? 
that part I am not a hundred percent sure on. Um, I do know that the this girl was I don't know if she still lives there, but I do know she was a neighbor at her grandparents' house. Like she literally lived right next door to Andy's grandparents. Okay. If, and Andy went missing, it was just it was just really weird that you went over there and took screenshots of this spring camera footage and didn't send it to anybody. You didn't send it to her mother. You didn't send it to the EPD. Has anybody gone to get this chick's screenshots from her? Um, as far as I know, I'm not 100% sure. I know my aunt does not talk to the girl at all. Um, but I don't know if my aunt ever did get those screenshots but as mm-hmm. far as i know she from my understanding she did not share the screenshots with anybody and um she left i don't know it was just really weird she left a, um, a big old binder full of these notes and they were all about it it was a big binder she left it at the grandparents house and she was up there and took the screenshots of the video camera and um, my aunt had somebody else go over there and speak to the grandparents. And um, she told that woman that the binder was left from another girl. So she took the binder and they found a whole bunch of notes about these people that are linked to Andy. And, but she didn't share any of that information with her mom. She didn't call the tip line. She didn't do any of that. So it was really, really weird. I mean, this is what I mean, who would go over to the family's house of a missing person and say, can I see your ring cam and then take screenshots of it, give them a binder full of notes about Andy and then poops. Yep. And she's only known her two weeks. Yep. She knew her for two weeks. They had just met. It was not like they were friends before and then rekindled or whatever the case may be like she had just met andy two weeks prior to her going missing did she live uh next door long or did they just move in um i'm not a hundred percent sure on that but um i feel like they had been there for a few months so not long yeah not like they had lived next door for a year or two or whatever yeah because her and andy would have already crossed paths by then because Andy is very, she's a very outgoing girl. She is a ball of fun to be around. She's the goofiest person I know. And, I mean, she she is a person who easily vibrates. She's, right. she's very humble. Andy is very humble. Now, do you think that, what, okay, the bind, let's go back to the binder for a minute. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me what kind of stuff is in the binder? Um, it was it was posted on Facebook, but my aunt wanted it taken down from Andy's page. We did mm-hmm. take a lot of the negative stuff off of Andy's page. Um, but the binder, um, it was just like it said it would have like the names of the people they might be involved, and then it would have like their addresses, their phone numbers, um. Wait, the people that might be involved with Andy's disappearance? Yeah. This is blowing my... Yeah. So somebody took 
time to write down what they think they know about Andy's disappearance, gave it to this brand new friend of two weeks, and the brand new friend of two weeks gave it to Grandma. Well, no, these all of these notes, the brand new friend from the girl that Andy met two weeks prior, those were her notes that she had made on Andy's disappearance. And she was at the grandparents' house looking at the ring camera footage, and she accidentally left that binder at the grandparents' house. So when this other lady goes over there to go see if she can pull up the ring camera footage, and the grandmother is telling her it's all she. This girl already came over here and took screenshots. It's already been recorded over. And then she was like, well, she left this binder here and she gave the binder to the lady that that was there that day. And that lady took the binder straight to my aunt. And so Andy's mom has it now. Yes. Well, she probably gave it to the detectives, but the last one she told me about it, she did have the binder. Okay. And again, that was Frankie Lee, Andy's cousin with some interesting information about this neighbor of Andy's grandparents who has this unusual interest in that ring camera footage and in that binder she left behind. It's very, all very strange. There's no shortage of people of interest in this case. And that Facebook page, where's Andy kind of outlines a lot of those theories and people of interest. um, Many of which can't be, you know, named out, outright since they're not officially suspects but there are definitely some people of interest in this case and i just i talked to rick white he's the union county emergency management director and he also has a tiktok called front porch america and like i said earlier he's paired up with a couple of youtubers trey and ronnie from narked divers and brothers underwater recovery to do some sonar searches in the area here in the upcoming weeks and here's my interview with Rick, and he's got some interesting information on on their upcoming search and also some of his theories on on what's actually going on in this case and maybe why things aren't going as fast as, as we'd hoped they would. So this is my conversation with Rick. Yeah, so let, let me tell you how I kind of got involved, and it's kind of weird. So I'm actually the emergency management director here in Union County um, across the river here in Kentucky. And we have a horse and rescue search team. So somehow our team lead, look, somebody reached out to her. They were going to go to Henderson and search the sloughs. And she called me and she was like, hey, do we even do this? It's like, well, you know, that's actually Henderson County. So you got to get permission from them. We don't want to try, you know, we don't want to cross territories and get anybody mad at us. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, here, I'll just give you the phone number. And it ended up being Andy's mom. So I called her and I was talking to her about it and she was like, yeah, there's supposed to be a black garbage bag, two black garbage bags and a red suitcase. I said, there now? She's like, oh no, honey, that was from last year. So our search and rescue person thought she was talking about here recently. So then I got curious about it and I was just listening to her mom talk and she filled me in on everything. And, and you know, uh, she, they don't feel like the police or law enforcement is doing much about the case at all, um, which... You know, I work pretty close with the sheriff's department here in Union County, and, mm-hmm. and I understand how their investigations go. If it's an open investigation, they're not going to release a lot of information even to the family. And supposedly, I guess they turned it over to the FBI. So if that's the case, it's even harder to get information because they're, they're like, 
so secretive about everything, especially on an open case. I doubt they want to tip off who might be a yes. suspect, and and you know that exactly. person's going to dart. You know if they find out yeah, that they're and, on and that that's, list, that's something else. Well, you know I haven't, dude. I woke up the next morning after talking to her mom with eight hundred and thirty-three text messages. Oh wow! With every bit, every lead that she has, and she continues like sends it to me all the time. Uh, so any like voice recordings and uh, a video, and I mean just all kinds of stuff, and and it. And it just keeps coming back to some of the same people. There's about six or eight people that just continuously comes back to. So I was like, man, this is, this is kind of intriguing. And I, and I'm, they call me a, a hound dog anyway, because once I get into something, I get into it pretty deep. So I've got some friends that run sonar and they do, you know, basically they really just look for cars in the Ohio river and stuff like that. And I've got them involved and we, I finally got permission and it was tough to get permission from some of the strip mines, the co-companies that own them strip mines and uh, Bluegrass Wildlife Management didn't really want anybody on there. So I had to get permission from them. So that's where we're at. So right now we have, I have obtained permission from Peabody Co-Company to search all and any of their waterways. Okay. Wow. That's probably quite a few too. And, and it is. And there's a lot of like really off in the middle of nowhere uh, in Oakland city and I think Somersville. Somebody had said that there was supposed to be a search and it was a new lake. You guys weren't able to get permission to, to search there. Is that right? So we were going to, we were going to go to that Saturday. We were going to go to, to, uh, bluegrass and search what they call the pit. They're right off the interstate. Um, and then there was a conservation officer there. So we, you know, checked in with him and he's like, man, he said, you're really supposed to have permission from property owner, especially since you're doing this. And I was like, well, what if we just get out there and say we're fishing? And he said, well, do you have Indian license? Like, no. He's like, well, I said, so can we just get out there and just ride around in the boat? And he's like, man, I know what you're doing. And, and he said, and I, and I get it, you know, and I understand. I told him, man, I know, trust me, this is what I do for a living. And he's like, oh, so yeah. So I didn't want to do anything. So we couldn't do that that day. So we loaded up and we went up to, so I think it's Somersville, right before you get to Oakland City. And all those pits and stuff out there. Uh, is owned by Peabody Coal Mines, and we had a bunch of leads about coal mine pits that she may have been dropped on, and some of the suspects or people of interest have ties to that area and live in that area. And there's two spe specific bodies of water that we want to search that keep popping up in, in some leads and tips. So that's kind of, that's where we're at. And like, I saw that you're connecting with like Trey and Ronnie from Narked Divers yes. and Brothers Underwater Recovery. So I know I believe they did some searches uh, earlier this year in the Ohio River, like around Posey County, looking for some uh, missing man yeah. or something, and they found some vehicles. Yeah, so I, I've i been working with them for a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. I actually just accidentally come across him one day. He was coming out of the Ohio River there in Uniontown, just right outside of Morganfield, where, where I worked and where I lived. And uh, we got to talking, and then it just kind of bloomed up from there. We started... I started giving him a bunch of cases that I know that like people disappear could possibly be in the river. And that's what, you know, so we're, we've, we've basically teamed up. I'm basically doing all the legwork paperwork and then I meet up with them and we get in the boats and we sonar and that, he's a diver and Trey's a diver. So I'm a huge fan of like adventures with purpose and, uh, you yeah, know, exploring yeah. with Nug and, and I've got to check out their YouTubes and kind of check out what they yeah. do. But that's, I love that kind of, you know, that those searches, because I mean, a lot of times these people who go missing in a vehicle, they, there's just, unless somebody kind of happens upon it, they're not going to be found. Like, I mean, I know police are busy enough than, than to right, be out there right. searching 
you know, waterways for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and so, so there's, you know, there's other tips, like she's buried underneath some concrete. She's buried here and she's buried there. So, you know, some of my, and if it's on private property and if it's the people of interest, there's no way we're going to be able to get on it unless we have the police give us some kind of, uh, permission, but which was probably not going to happen. Are the police working with you? Like, I mean, are they, do you have like their, a nod from them to, to do these searches? Since we're an independent, we're not affiliated with anybody. We don't have to have permission. We, we don't have, we can go and search any bodies of water that if, like, if you owned a lake and we wanted to search it for whatever reason, as long as you said, yes, you can, we can't. Now, as far as people of interest owning that may own some ponds or waterways, we're not going to mess with that. We're going to let them, you know, cause they may have, uh, f as far as I know. So the FBI won't get back with me on anything. I, I've called several times I, and I haven't reached out to Evansville because they initially was handling the case, but, uh, Elaine, uh, Andy's mom has reached out to law enforcement and they don't, they're just, they're not giving her any information. And I'm trying to, you know, trying to keep her kind of, uh, her spirits up. But just tell her, look, it's an open case. They're not going to even family. They're, they're not allowed to, it's just, it's just, uh, one of those issues. There are a couple of abandoned houses that I don't know, some, I mean, and coach, you, you know, this stuff, the tips come in and there's so many wild tips and so many, Oh, absolutely. but the thing about it is, like I said, there's six or eight people that keeps, it just keeps circling around back to them. I've watched some of, I think, uh, Frankie Lee, who was her, Andy's cousin was interviewed yes. on, I saw her, where, there was like a neighbor who came over to get some ring footage and screenshotted right. the footage and then took off. And it's kind of like, there's all of these wild cards and it's kind of like, there's some, definitely something going on. Yeah. And, and that's, what's the crazy thing about it. There's so many people supposedly that senior has this information, but they're not tracking any, you know, they're not coming up with any new leads or any, you know, definite. Yeah. We've got to really, you know, anything like that, which is what's weird to me. You know, there has to be somebody they're, they're, they're focusing in on particularly, but maybe they're just keeping that close to the vest and waiting for and, somebody and to come forward with a tip or I don't know. Probably, probably so. But man, you would think after this long yeah, and you know, they're tied in the drug scene and, and you know, they say loose lips sink ships. And like I said, I, I work in EMA and I work with the sheriff's department missing people. And, you know, we, we do searches and stuff and we, we've had some incidents where they're, we suspected foul play and you get people that's drunk or on drugs and they're going to talk. You know, yeah. so trying to decipher through what tips are true and what tips are not is, is the hardest thing. So what we're focusing on is every body of water that we can get permission to sonar on, we're going to sonar. Is it difficult to buy? I mean, I know from watching, you know, what I've watched as far as these sonar searches, it's hard enough to find like a vehicle. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. how difficult it'd be to find a person. Yeah. So, so there's key, there's key things you want, you want to look for. Obviously, any kind of, and, and it's a, depending on what type of sonar you have, mm -hmm. you know, like the Sprint Henderson Fire Department, I'm pretty close to them, and they have the almost the exact sonar that uh, Ronnie has now, and you can you can tell that like it's a body, you know, and, and it it just there's certain shapes and certain forms that you look for uh, on a vehicle it, if it's not been in there very long. It will kind of give off a glare, like on the windshields, if the glass is still intact. Uh, if it has been in there for a long time, it's kind of sooted over. So you can see like, 
and I can send you some just like reference pictures from some of our images that I have. Uh, just kind of give you give you an idea of what what we look for when we're looking for cars and stuff. But yeah, that and, and training, obviously training on what to look for. And I've had a lot of that training in emergency management on sonar, and it's just those those key shapes and forms that you you want to pick up on. I guess you know you hope you don't find anything, but I mean just knowing that you're kind of knocking each body of water out one at a time kind of gives the family a little bit of comfort knowing okay she's yeah, not there she's not there and. You know? And that's the biggest thing, you know, once, once I started digging into the case and I found out that like, there's no public activity from law enforcement going on and just knowing, just thinking how that family is, you know, it's like, no, they haven't heard anything in a year, uh, hardly any updates or anything like that. And I, and I thought, man, if we just at least get out there and actively search and, and make our presence known, then I've seen it in the past. That'll trigger something. Something, some people will start talking. Uh, I'm actually waiting to get threats, honestly. Uh, you know, I've got about 34,000 followers on TikTok and, and I'm just waiting. And, and there's a couple of people that have followed me now that have ties to some of the people of interest. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah. You hate yeah. The, you, so <laughs> when you start, you know, you're getting close to something when, when, you know, that kind of stuff starts happening and, uh, yes. you know, hopefully, yes. you know, you don't have get any threats or anything like that, but, but yeah, I'm not really that worried about it. I mean, I've put in some pretty tight predicaments, but that's, I mean, that's not even an issue for me, but you know, it's just, and, and I feel like, I think if I'm not mistaken, and you may check with Andy's mall on this, but I feel like the family's been threatened too before by some people. Uh, and it just keeps coming back to the same, it's the same circle. It's the same six, eight, ten people that, you know, is involved. Somebody's going to crack. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to crack at some point. They're going to get arrested for something else and they're just going to crack, I think. Yeah. And then that's going to break this so, thing hey, open. Well, and that's what, that's what, you know, so one of them, the Billy Scott guy that, that was a person of interest, supposedly he's a federal informant. He's a paid informant for, I don't know if it's the FBI or who it is. But he has a long list of drug charges and tied in with, you know, some other stuff. And the Dursh's, Homer Dursh is a name that keeps popping I, I've up. I've seen those names pop up quite a bit on the on the Facebook page. Yes. Yeah, so he's supposed to be tied with the Aryan Brotherhood, which kind of gives it a whole new aspect. So if that's the case, then the Aryan Brotherhood is going to help cover for him. Okay. And that's not really an organization you really want to cross, I'm assuming. It is you know? absolutely not. And... Uh, I'm the type of person I, I'll, I'll go knock on their door, you know, but I'm not going, if I could get the, the authorities, the, either FBI or Evansville police or somebody to say, Hey, this is what we've got going on. Don't do this. You know, then I'll know that they've got something, but not too long ago, the FBI agent that Elaine, Andy's mom's talks to sent her a text or called her on the phone or something and said that. We may have something that will either make or break the case. Okay. But that's been about a month ago. And that was the last you heard from them. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, well, I guess maybe there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that is just. And, and I'm sure there is, you know, be, being in the, that, that industry of work. That, that's there's a there's so much behind the scenes that people don't know that they can't know you yeah. know and I mean being on that side of it I, I wouldn't exactly have a press conference every time I got a new tip you know you'd want to keep that. Yeah, on the lowdown and everything. But for, as a yeah. family member, you know, you want to think: Is something happening? You know, what's going on? Have you even forgotten? Right. So right. I think it's great what you're doing is kind of keeping the the pressure on and bringing attention to the case. And, yeah, and and that's that's kind of that's the main goal is you know it'll be great if we found something yeah. to kind of you know bring that closure. 
but as long as we're out there doing, being active on this case, um, and we're probably going to start on some other ones too. Um, okay. I think there's a Duanita or something like that from Evansville that's been missing. Oh, for, absolutely. For years. Yeah. She's been missing a uh, while. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're probably going to start working on that one before long. Uh, but we're going to pour in a lot of man hours on Andy's case before we have to pull off of it or whatever. Well, I mean, I'll be following and, and good luck with all your searches. Yeah, absolutely. If you need anything else or hear anything else that may help, just holler at us and I'll do the same. All right, we'll do. Thanks a lot, Rick. And Rick's TikTok is Front Porch America, so check that out. I've got links down in the show notes to that, as well as to the YouTubers, uh, Trey and Ronnie from Narked Divers and Brothers Underwater Recovery. And I've also got a link to the uh, Juju's Rabbit Hole interview with Frankie Lee. So check those out. And my whole purpose of this episode was to shine some light on Andy's case. And maybe you're listening and you think you have a little piece of information that might be important in this case. I encourage you to call the Evansville Police Department at 812-436-7979 and report what you know. You never know, maybe that little piece of information that you think is insignificant is what is needed to kind of break this case open. And as always, thank you for listening. And for those subscribers who follow on Stitcher, just so you know, Stitcher in August 2023 is going out of business. So you may want to find another podcast app to subscribe on. I use Podcast Addict and have really liked that. So that's my suggestion. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, take care.